Let's begin now. Chiefs lose to the Eagles. Should be a fun night. That sounds uh, contradicting, but I think it will be. Again, this show, as I promised earlier on social media this morning around 9 o'clock, I felt that was enough time for you all to sleep it off. Get your takes fresh. This thing used to be called the Red Reaction Show. We're going to give you a chance to do that. 913-586-7610. Feel free to call Big T, Batman, Dan, Jake from State Farm, Johnny from Lottawana, whoever you are, feel free. If you want to talk about it, you give us your takes. You get to react to this because I know there's a lot of people that probably want to get some steam off. Maybe you didn't get to today. Maybe you went through the day. You're like, you know what? I'm not going to do it. And then my voice comes out there and antagonizes you to do it. So feel free, 913-586-7610. That's a text line to Jay Southland Toe Service text line. James, myself, Dusty Likens, Nick Price, we're all here with you until 9 o'clock tonight here on this wonderful station on 610 Sports Radio. Nick, doing all right? You feel okay? Yeah. I'm doing all right, yeah. yeah. You know, I was out of the game last night with my dad, as uh, we are for a lot of these home games. And, yeah. you know, it was cold. It was rainy. Uh Nothing worse than going home from Arrowhead after a loss when you're dealing with the elements like that, too. But, you know, yeah. this is a safe space tonight. Yeah. Give us a call. We're bringing back the Red Reaction Show. I mean, I know there's a lot of people just from Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people that are pretty fed up with a lot of things right now, and they need to get something off their chest. So give yeah. us a call yeah. right now. We're your, we're your source of venting if you want to do it. If not, totally understand. Uh, as always, we'll have a backup plan. But I just felt like after last night, you know, being in, like, group texts, I'm sure there's a lot of you that have this same sort of energy. You've got a couple of friends that, you know, they watch it throughout and they, you know, they disaster. This is terrible. I don't like this. Okay, we're back, whatever. And then, you know, everybody, you know, kind of is on a different platform. And then when it's over, everybody kind of gives out, you know, their frustration or their, you know, their armchair quarterback take. This is the problem. This is that. Again, 913-586-716. If you want to join, it's up to you. No, no big deal if you don't, but I just want to let you know you do have a source of venting. And if you want, we can start it off with the venting. Because, you know, a lot of people, I think last night, probably went to bed angry. Uh, probably went to bed frustrated. Probably didn't like what they what they saw when it came to the second half, because again, it's three straight games where the Chiefs haven't scored in the second half. And I think one of the one of the more frustrating parts of the last night was the obvious, which was MVS drops the ball, probably wins the game. Um, That's another, the one that sticks with you. Another drop. Anyway, you know. But in my opinion, this is just this was one of those games where it was two really good teams. Uh, high octane, a lot of pressure, I would say, from both sides. And both teams coming off a bye. Both teams were as fresh as they were. But even with a bunch of negatives, there were still a bunch of positives. And I think the biggest positive you took away was, like, man, you got a dog on defense. You got a lot of dogs on defense. And Chris Jones looked incredibly fresh, blowing through that offensive line early on. I mean, they had five sacks in the first half. Um, 
So I would say that if we started off with 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 best positives, right? With my two positive takeaways, and I'll let you take your two positive takeaways, then we'll switch to our names. Positive takeaways is, man, you have maybe the best defense this franchise has ever had, and you might have, which I do believe you have, which is the best defense in football. That was my number one positive takeaway because watching that first half and seeing everything that played out, that was, when I looked at that and I saw that game last night, I was like, okay, 22, stud. Like, won that trade, hands down, Tyree Kill, go do whatever you want to do. I'll take Trent McDuffie every day of the week because I know Legereus needs also out there, but A.J. Brown, man, nowhere to be found. The mm. week before, Tyree Kill, nowhere to be found. And one thing that we led with was, you know, you're keeping wide receiver ones under 100 yards. You're keeping them down. Keenan Allen, Amara St. Brown, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill. These guys are studs, man. Like, they're top eight picks in every single fantasy draft year-round. And the other positive that I will take out of this that I saw was that when you look at this team moving forward, I still believe they can win a Super Bowl. And I know a lot of people roll their eyes. or And if, and if you disagree, again, the platform is yours. We have a button that we push that puts you on the air if you disagree with. I still think, going away from that game, that this team can win a Super Bowl. I'll explain later on why I'm not as concerned as maybe a lot of people are, but I do believe, you know, I do believe that this team is still good enough and can win a Super Bowl for, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Those are my two positives. Okay. All right. Two positives for me. Yeah, start from off last nice, night. Nick. We have to start off positive. Yeah, nobody likes a, nobody likes a jerk. Um. Trent McDuffie, Legereus Sneed might be the best one-two quarterback duo in the NFL. Uh, it's really, really tough to pass the ball against those guys. And the defensive line got a ton of pressure yesterday. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of the same thing as yours of this defense is elite. It's a championship-level defense. And the fact that we didn't even see the tush push until later in the game just shows you how well they were playing. They weren't even giving them the opportunity to have short yardage situations. I mean – they were getting after Hurts early and often. They were all over A.J. Brown. All he had was the one catch for eight yards or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. that was that was really encouraging to see because most of that game, even when the offense was having its struggles, which I'll get to in a little bit, but I was looking at this team like, man, this defense is the best defense I've ever seen the Chiefs play. And, you know, I've, I've been in Kansas City since 2001, mm -hmm. you know, growing up here and everything, so – I didn't see a lot of the defenses from back in the day or anything like that. But since I've been watching Chiefs football 20 years, 20 plus years, this is the best Chiefs defense that I've seen. And last night just went and really gave validity to that, that I'd already been kind of thinking is you went out against a team that is the best in their conference, maybe the best team in football right now, and you shut them down mm -hmm. for the most part. Uh, my second positive is that it seems like there were times in last night's game where the Chiefs actually kind of went more the simple route, especially, yeah. you know, that fourth down. Right before the Kelsey fumble, there was that fourth and one or fourth and a half yard or whatever it was, and they ran the, H the HP dive to Pacheco. Yeah. Been asking for it all year. Don't overcomplicate things. Just go out there and let your guy get a yard, and they did. That's my positive. Ty, go ahead. You're on the line. Go ahead, Ty. Hey, before I get on the, the Chiefs topic, A, M-I-Z, ranked number nine again. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
I will got I do gotta say that game last night, the first half, this team looked good. Second half, man, it just looked rough. The defense defense looks really good. Best defense I've seen in a long time as a Chiefs fan. It's it's legit. If there's any doubters out there about this defense, which there shouldn't be, I think they proved them wrong on national television. But, man, the drops by these wide receivers, man, it's killing them, man. 26 drops leads the league. whole bunch of drops yesterday. That drop touchdown by Marquez, man, that was rough to watch. Hopefully we rebound next week in Vegas, and hopefully we go beat some Raiders next week. Thanks for the phone call, Ty. Probably feel a little bit better now. I can feel the deep breaths in your conversation there. Like, you want to get this off. You want to talk about this team, man. Go. Seems like the text line just wants to fire MVS. Look, I get it, man. Because the I will say, okay, if we do two positives, we'll get into the two negatives. The two negatives, the one that sticks out the most is it doesn't seem like they're adjusting to the adjusted. If that makes right. sense. It it seems like the offense, obviously the first 15 or the scripted plays. Or even know, the second quarter, they've been pretty they're, decent sometimes. They're they're doing their thing or they look like they're, you know, they're there. Like, yeah, there's still some mistakes to get made. But it, it seems like in the second half with three consecutive weeks when you're not scoring in the second half. Because, look, in Miami game, in the Miami game two weeks ago, you were up 21 to nothing and a half. To me, personally... The game was over. I didn't think this defense would give up three touchdowns. It got close, right? And there was a kind of a, a, a dummy O penalty on Chris Jones. It kind of made things scarier. But again, I think at 21, nothing, that's when the offense kind of just, I'm like, okay, if they're up three touchdowns with this defense, I trust them. They don't need to go out and score, but maybe a field goal, you know, maybe 24, right. something like that. Adjust to what they're trying to do to you. And then the other negative is just the obvious, like catch the ball. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not going to sit here and be old man Frank from Home Alone and be all grouchy and, and, you know, call people this or whatever. But it's like 26 is egregious. Like 26 is a number that sticks out to me where I'm like 26 drops on the year. Like, where are those 26 drops? One was a a potential game-winning touchdown. The other one was a game-winning touchdown when it went off of Canarius Tony's hands and went straight into the end zone for the Detroit Lions. And... Now those 26 drops, yeah, I can handle 14, 15. I don't want to, but 26 drops, two of which might have cost you football games, and we're looking at a 9-1 and team with an MVP favorite. Now the Chiefs are still plus 450 to win the Super Bowl. They're tied with the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles, both as favorites. So you're still the favorite in the AFC. I'm still not worried about where you're going to end up, but, man, at some point, like, Look, Andy Reid hates fumbles. At some point, you got to hate drops. Like, you got to be like, hey, Justin Watson, that's two. One was a game-ending first down play. I'm sorry he dropped it. We could talk about MVS's drop all we want. Justin Watson dropped a pass right between his hands twice for first downs. Well, not to, Those not, are my two. Not to mention that, but, I mean, I think that you can take this drops and just call it uh, avoidable mistakes, Right. Like Justin Watson not only had those two drops, but he also had a great punt from Tommy Townsend where all he had to do was look at the football and they're down within the two yard line. Yeah. You know, so like between the drops, the turnovers, the stupid penalties on the offensive line, like this team, my, my big negative is that last night showed me that this team 
He's unable to, at this time anyway, really get consistent momentum going in this offense. Like, they might go out there and have a decent drive on their first time out or their second time out even. Mm -hmm. But it seems to me, and we were talking about this a little bit before the show, Dusty, when you're shuffling so many players in in and out of the game, Mm -hmm. nobody's getting in that rhythm, you know? Like, you look at all these other teams, and even if they don't have the best wide receivers in the world, they're at least getting their guys the ball enough to where they have that confidence, they get that rhythm, that little juice going, and they're able to go out and string a couple of plays together on a drive. Yeah. These guys, it's like, hey, you made a catch? Great job. Go sit on the bench. I'll call you when I need you. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got a big problem with that. I just don't – I think we're way too late in the year to be saying, let's throw the ball all over the place and see who rises up to the occasion. No, you got to pick three or four guys now and say, these are our guys. They might all be 75 overall on Madden, but – these are our guys. And I think that, you know, to make the Madden reference, it's like I've been playing a season, you know, I, I play franchise mode or whatever on Madden. And you set your starting wide receivers and your slot receiver. Those guys, unless the other guys are tired, are the ones who are going out there all the time and they're the ones who are actually putting up stats. Mm-hmm. Even if they're not that great, you need to give those guys that kind of cohesiveness on the offense. And I feel like there's so many different packages. There's so many different varieties of who they're putting out there that it's really hard to gain any kind of momentum Uh and then when they do and you have a play like that fourth and one where pacheco converts and then you get it to your star player and he fumbles it in the red zone that sucks that kills your momentum that kills the drive takes the wind out of your sails your quarterback throws a terrible interception in the red zone same exact thing so for me i mean a big negative is that this offense seems to be unable to get any kind of consistent momentum that lasts more than a quarter Uh that's bad and then, I mean, it's the obvious thing, but when you have constructed this wide receiver room in a way where you're like, hey, you know, we're trying to replace Tyreek Hill, who was a do-it-all generational talent. You're not going to replace him 100%, but you're trying to get 75% of that production, right? Uh-huh. You go out and you get a guy like MVS, and you say, this is the guy that's going to come in here, and he's going to run that deep route that Tyreek Hill did so well. I feel like he converts on less than 50% of those on good, well-thrown balls. And I guess this kind of just ties back into the original point is like the inconsistency on the little things, catching the football, not turning the ball over, like, you know, wrapping up, holding on the offensive line, all of these things, the Chiefs do poorly. And the Chiefs are just lucky that they have the best defense in the league or top two defense in the league or whatever you want to say, and they have a Hall of Fame quarterback and they have a Hall of Fame coach. But at some point, we got to stop going back out, like going out there every single press conference after these games and saying, yeah, you know, well, we're still working through it. Okay, but like I want to see a little bit of progress. And the thing is, that game last night reminded me a lot of that Lions game from week one, Uh and there has been no improvement in those same exact things that lost you that game, dropping passes, turnovers, penalties. It was the exact same last night. No doubt. That's a problem. That's Nick Price, some Dusty Likens for James as well. We're here until 9 o'clock getting you through your sombers. We're your shoulder to cry on. We're your, uh, we're your venting station. This is After Hours. You're listening to 610 Sports Radio. All right. Everybody breathe. We all know it doesn't get serious until December, which is like a week, so whatever. Um, 
It's also not the end of the world, Dusty. No. They've played two games against the top two seeds in the NFC and lost both of them by one score where they had a chance to win it at the end. Uh-huh. They are still maybe not fully in the driver's seat in the AFC, but they are still right there for the one seed. And you're talking about a 17-game season. You're not going to win them all. Right. You're going to lose some bad games like the Broncos game that you're not supposed to lose, and you're going to lose some good teams too like the Lions and the Eagles. It is what it is. It's not the end of the world. We're nitpicking. I think that uh, a lot of people are spoiled just from, you know, it's all Super Bowl or bust. It still is, even mm-hmm. after last night. Nothing changed. They just they got some things to work on, and that's why we're opening up the phone lines. We're trying to get it off your chest, you know. Yeah. Call us up. We'll talk through this, but the sky is not falling. No. Um, but the narrative's going to change. You're going to find that there's people on both sides of the fence. There's people that are going to be – Panic, sky's falling. I'm worried. This team's, you know, losing it. They're, they've lost touch. And then there's others that are going to have different opinions. And, uh, you know, Pat McAfee, this is what he believes are the issues. And if they are, or are not fixable. But I do believe that their issues are fixable strictly because if you look around this AFC that I think going into the season, we thought was going to be incredibly dominant. There's a lot of teams that haven't really proven to be that. I mean, you look at the Baltimore Ravens, obviously they have been phenomenal offensively, defensively, but they still have three losses. Then you look at the Miami Dolphins, them getting Jalen Ramsey back, I think is switched to tone on the defensive side. I think they're going to be great, but do we believe in the Buffalo Bills at this exact moment? Cincinnati Bengals lose Joe Burrow. There's a lot of questions around the AFC. So do I think that the Chiefs issues are fixable? Yes, mostly because the conference looks a lot different than what we thought it was going in. Now, they have Patrick Mahomes, the other teams don't. All those drops, I understand, are certainly a detriment to the team, but whenever you see Patrick Mahomes do things that other people can't do. You can't help but have hope that maybe Justin Watson, a white wearing number 80 something that wasn't Travis Kelsey who was targeted 80 or 12 times last night. Travis Kelsey drops a rock last night. Obviously, MVS has that one that would have won them the game with a minute 40 left. I think it's fixable strictly because of the personnel that they have in charge. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Is he is he referencing this catch that should have been caught? Second down 10. Chiefs down by four. Snap to Mahomes, retreating. He's unloading it long. He's got Valdez Scantling, and he cannot hang on to the ball. He drops the ball in the end zone. A deep post pattern. The Chiefs had it. They had the defender beat, and Valdez Scantling on a deep post had the deep safety beat, and Valdez Scantling drops the ball at the one-yard line. So, again, that is what everybody focuses on last night, but, again, I don't think that Everything is doom and gloom. Sky is falling. Again, we've said this before, Nick. When the Chiefs lose, it doesn't happen very often. Right. You know, they lose three, maybe four games a year. And when they do, you focus on the loss more than you, you know, focus on what you've won throughout the season. Dan Orlovsky, another guy who has takes that are either egregiously bad or they're, you know, somewhat good at times. He had this to say when it comes to the worry level of the Chiefs. Hey, are the Chiefs issues fixable? Yeah. I, I, I easily their, their issues are penalties and bad situations and drops. So if they can fix those things, and I guess that's the giant if, but I walk away saying, man, if, if that does happen and I, at some point, I think NFL guys catch the football. I get cause I, so I had them in Germany, right? I had them for the dolphins game and I asked them point blank, Andy Reed, Matt Nagy, Patrick, what do you like? What's the deal with the drops? And they all said to a T like, we just have to focus on the ball. So I don't really have a ton of concerns about the Chiefs. I don't. I, I think it's when it when it 
as the season goes and into the playoffs, I'm banking on those guys catching the ball. Everybody is. And look, these are national people that in the past have written you off or in the past have said that it's not going to happen. And it seems that the new narrative is that things will be all right. And then everybody's favorite offensive coordinator. I know we all look at the numbers and, and, and that sort of thing, but there is a lot at the same point in time, Adam, there's a lot that he does well that sometimes doesn't show up on the stat sheet. And, you know, for instance, you look at the touchdown catch that Travis had that everybody's going to read about and the touchdown pass from, from, uh, from Pat and the catch by Kelsey. But a lot of reasons why that play worked was because of um, because of what MVS did. And sometimes that doesn't show up in the stat book. And there's other things that, that he does and these players do that that don't show up that we have to make sure that they they get um, credit for behind the scenes. And so he does a lot of that. And I think that's a credit to him. And that can be um, very selfless at times, which we love. Uh, and then production wise and number wise. Yeah, he's not where he was last year. And um, we do know that we have um, hopefully a a bunch of season left and, and we want to be able to continue to keep working through these things as we have, um, you know, these different wide receivers. And I know similar to last year, but he's had a great attitude this whole time and we just got to keep staying positive. So again, Matt Nagy, I know a lot of people want to say who's the blame to go to. If the offense doesn't work. Matt Nagy talking about the receivers and, and, and doing more in the stat show. Save me on that part. I don't, I don't necessarily need to hear that. And I'm not trying to be a Richard there. I'm just, trying to tell you that it's, you know, he's got to answer questions and he's trying to give you the best way that he can to stay positive. I thought this was interesting because Dana Hughes had this to say when he joined Fesco in the morning today at 730. I mentioned about the attention to detail and running routes and going, moving back to the football, all the things that Al Saunders used to harp on us to do. Uh, Look, I'm not going to sit here and make it seem like I'm Jerry Rice compared to these receivers but what i do know is the attention to detail matters it does matter in the game of football it's a game of inches when people say it's a game of inches you think oh about the yard marker and third and short uh and extending drives it's a game of inches also from a receiver standpoint when you're talking about separation and attacking the football and proper hand placement um how do you catch the ball how do you look the ball into your hands tucking it away, covering it on the three points of pressure in your arm and then covering up in traffic. All of those different things, those contribute to the game of inches. If Travis Kelsey has that ball tucked away just a little bit more or the the left hand on top of it, or I should say underneath it, when it gets punched out or attempted to be punched out, it's not going to move anywhere. Uh, The catch radius of receivers, um, being on the same page with the quarterback, all of that – contributes to the game of inches that Dane and Hughes attention to detail and I think that's kind of what Nick was talking about in the first segment is that you know are there going to be a drop or two in a game yes can there be four no when it's third and four and you need it you gotta get it and the thing is with all the MVS heat that I think that we saw I think the thing is is that everyone I think afterwards not everyone but a lot of people were saying not a 10 10 like out of the people that look at a half full we're saying nine out of 10 times he catches that ball. Right. Here's the problem that I had in a game like that with teams with that much magnitude and, and greatness that they have, you can't miss that nine out of 10 in that moment. That is 
the same equivalent of if Tyreek Hill drops Wasp, right? Like, you have to catch that pass. Right. That play was drawn up, made for a situation like that where you can hit a deep post, get it's your a bailout your back play. Hit. It's a, we got nothing else left. And Let's you, run run the touchdown And play. you got to hit it. You got to, you got to hit it. And I, don't, and I don't think that people would be as upset if it wasn't for the contract number. If oh, it yeah. wasn't for the fact that he gets well, 11 mil a year, you know, like, if he was getting paid what Justin Watson's getting paid and he drops that, it's like, well, you know, it is what it is. Our wide receivers just kind of suck, you know, but people look at this and they say, well, you went out and spent $33 million on this guy Mm -hmm. and he's not productive and he drops the ball in the biggest spots. Yeah. It seems that the, uh, the crime on the streets went a little later than normal. Probably a lot of people upset last night to end our second segment. We give you the Batman signals up. Well, you know, we're, we've had quite a few times here in the past few years when we first started this show, you know, when you guys were just like fledgling, the fledgling best show on the air, and now you definitely are. But the thing of it is, is this team, we went through a lot in the, in the beginning of that process. Don't you remember that it didn't, it wasn't all gravy, even though we had the best, fastest players, the best team, best coach. So, you know, intangibles happen, things happen to mess your season up a little bit. But all it does, it, it should inspire this team. They know they have all of the all the, the chemistry, the intangibles, everything that, that needs to be done can be done with this team. Uh, we're not a work in progress right now. We were actually looking for somebody to, to actually challenge us. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and the Eagles are a good team. They're a real good team. But we were in the game. There's no way you can say that they you know, thoroughly beat us or anything. I mean, we were staying right there. It didn't really uh, – it didn't come down to anything. It took a couple of, of real important plays right there. But you cannot blame that. You should have been playing a good game all the way through. Oh, there's a lot of pluses uh, on this team compared to the other teams that have gone to the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, three out of four years. That's not bad for this dynasty, which is, is a dynasty. Uncle Chris Jones, a phenomenal effort. You know, give me a break last night. He was a monster. And and Willie Gay, what's with that? Our secondary is, is so tight. Coach Spaggs has got defenses on the prowl. They're like relentless. They're Wolverine, uh, mongoose-like, uh, tenacious defense. I, I've got good faith in them because – we never had that kind of faith halfway through the season on any of the runs. This defense is at least you give us enough faith to know that you know Patrick and Travis are going to get it together. And and, and Pac-Man, he's running like a like a Pac-Man. So I mean, I'm just telling you, we got all the potential. We are the defending champs. We're the number one contender. Uh, no, the Ravens. How many times do you really think that they're going to beat us out of ten? I mean, we just got to have. The machine start going back in to where all cylinders are hitting, uh, and the offense just needs to get wound up. Just listen to Patrick, follow Travis, and I, I'm telling you, we're going to do it again. We're going to do this parade where Wolf. It's because you know, uh, I hate to change the name and all that stuff. You know, it doesn't really matter. It's still the Wolfy to me. But I'm telling you, we're going to this time. We're going to do this parade. It's going to be especially sweet because it's not going to be easy. But we're going to get what we do deserve, and we're the best team in in the football, in the NFL. So let's just go, Chiefs. And all I can say is kingdom. Don't ever hang your head. This is the kingdom. And we're man. We're proud. And we're going to go and you see having a parade with me and the Wolfman and anybody else that wants to come down there. We're going to just take over. 
And uh, all I can say is let's go, and I will see you. It's Raiders week, short week. Let's take them out. That's all the bats got for tonight. But I will be back, same bat time, same bat channel next week. How do you like that, my brothers? I love you. Much love, Batman. We'll we'll look forward to it as we do every single week, and uh, we'll continue to do this show and try to talk people through because this isn't the first time we've been here. Uh, loss number three in the season comes last night. We come back on the other side here on After Hours. Nick Price, Dusty Likens, James with you. We'll talk about what happened. Yeah, you dropped the ball, but there's more to it. There's more to it. MVS was the fall guy, but uh, there's there's two other things that need to be talked about when it comes to this game. This is After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Here on After Hours, Chiefs lose 24-17, drop to 7-3, second in the AFC. We'll get into the best of the West and the best of the rest uh, shortly, as we'll spend a little bit of time here, as we've kind of done so far. Uh, we will get you geared up for Raiders Week and what I think that is. Um, uh, again, not going to be negative, um, but uh, we'll dive into Raiders Week, because I just, I really don't like Max Crosby. I don't know why I grind my teeth when I say that. But either way, um, last night, man, uh, dropped the ball, right? No pun intended, or maybe a lot of pun intended. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. Um, And here's the deal. Is MBS the scapegoat? 1,000%. You know, the magnitude of the moment of when he drops that catch and the amount of money that he makes, I know, are two of the things that a lot of people immediately went to. Like a buddy of mine who is just your average fan, you know, doesn't look at stats, doesn't look at, you know, ahead to next week, doesn't really look at contracts. First thing he does in our group text last night is takes a screenshot of the salary that he's making and circles the number of $11 million. And I'm like, I know. I, I get it. Trust me. Like, that guy is, is not living up to the, the contract that you see, and I, I, I get that argument. But here's, here's the thing about last night. A lot of people forgot very quickly, and it's fine, right? You know, and I'll give you an analogy of what it's, what it's like, but a lot of people forgot very quickly that your all-pro Hall of Fame tight end fumbled the ball at the 10-yard line. Let's say they stall out and get a field goal. There's three points. But also... And I'm not saying anything different here. I mean, he took blame last night, was a hero at the podium for Patrick Mahomes. He threw an atrocious interception in the end zone. That's not a pass that Patrick Mahomes normally has, has shown. Now, there's been a couple this year, and I know some people on on Twitter or X last night came after me and were like, well, actually, he had a couple bad throws in the Jets game. Okay, yeah, but they weren't in the red zone. They weren't, well, maybe there was one, but there wasn't one in the end zone. And he had the wide receiver wide open. Had he waited one more second and more separation would have been there in the corner of the end zone, probably a touchdown. That's 10 points that you've taken off the board. And that's not 10 points that Sky Moore muffed or that Kadarius Tony fumbled or that MBS dropped or Rasheed Rice dropped. That was... Your all-pro, all-universe quarterback throwing an atrocious interception in the end zone, 
and that was your all-world, all-pro tight end fumbling. And to me, when you see those sort of things happen with the level of success that those guys have had, that kind of gives me the sense that they're pressing. And maybe that's an egregious take. Maybe that's not fair. Maybe it's, hey, man, relax. Those guys are pros. They're going to make mistakes. It is what it is. But other guys that aren't that good are always prone to make mistakes. And the best way that I look at it and the analogy that I give it is your honor roll student in your, in your class in high school, never late, never gets anything but an A on a test. Every once in a while, they'll get like a low B or they'll miss two days of class. And then you just forget about it. And you're like, oh, well, hey, even, even the best sometimes falter. And in this situation, these were your honor roll students failing the test at a point where they needed to pass the test. And the fumble by Kelsey, that kind of made me think like, okay, like, you know, when he pounds the field, that's the second time we've seen that this year Mm -hmm. with Travis Kelsey. And we really haven't seen that sort of frustration come from Travis Kelsey. Not in a long time. In the previous years. Now it's been a really good ride. Um, and Mahomes throwing that interception, he throws it and he walks back. And there were two times, I don't know if you guys saw this, there were two times on the sideline where dad mode Andy Reid came out. Oh, yeah. Like there was one. You never see it either. There was one where like Mahomes, they had to call a timeout and he was doing his typical, like, what are we doing? Like kind of frustrated. Andy Reid literally looks at him and goes, stop it, stop it, stop it. Said it three times, said stop it. And then there was another time where it was getting a little chippy with, uh, I think it was Slay and, 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 uh, and, Kelsey and Andy Reed was in dad mode. Like enough, no, enough, yeah, he, get over here. He yelled, he's, he yelled Travis. Yeah. You can see, you can read his lips. And, and, and then he gave that, that scowl with the mustache. Right. That looks so good. And that's what, yeah. And that was a, a gif that went viral. But All I mean, right. that to me is, is enough to let me know like, okay, maybe they're kind of pressing because they know the offense is lackluster and they've got to give the defense a break. And the fumble that happens, maybe trying to do too much. Maybe it's a nice peanut Tillman, Tillman punch. But the interception is an interception it was bad. on your guy. Right. The interception was bad. Uh, my dad and I were talking about this, too, of like, uh, you know, maybe Kelsey should have just gone down there. Oh, I was like, all right, hold up for a second, because we've seen Kelsey catch that ball, kind of make one little half move to the right and then turn to the left mm-hmm. and get 15 more yards on it so many times in his career. That's one of his moves. I'm cool with that. But I think you're right, and I agree with you, that everyone wants to place the blame on the scapegoats of the Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, mm-hmm. uh, MVS, whoever it is. And ultimately, your best players aren't playing very well either right now. And they're having moments, sure, but, you know, it's – it's similar to when teams started dropping everybody deep and making the chiefs throw underneath mm-hmm. is you're seeing it right now. They're double and tripling Travis Kelsey. And there's no one else that's really taking that load off of him other than when they have a little bit of success in the run game. But mm-hmm. then even then you hear Patrick Mahomes talking about it after the game last night saying, well, they took the run away from us in the second half and we had to throw the ball and we just didn't, we didn't, produce you know we didn't do what we needed to do and so when you're faced with adversity like this you can tell it's frustrating to both Mahomes Andy Kelsey I mean everybody on the team is obviously frustrated with the way that the offense is playing right now but they're showing it a little bit more last night because I think they knew the gravity of the situation the level of the game and 
you know, this is a real benchmark game of like, where do you stand? Like, are you still good enough to beat this team? The yeah. answer is yes. You still are good enough to beat the team, but you didn't do it last night. And if they run into each other again in February, they're going to have to do these things differently. And your stars have to play like stars. Right. And they haven't been playing like stars in the second half for a while now. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll bring up the question that I have on the back of my mind a little bit later. Again, that game, most watched Monday Night Football regular season game in 27 years and most watched game of the current NFL season. Big game. Seven points. I get it. You lose at home, off a bye, coming off a big win against Miami, and you feel it. But we're coming up on the other side. We'll do the best of the West and the best of the rest as we dive into the AFC West and the AFC as it's well. You now know you're the number two seed and number one is Baltimore. We do that on the other side. You're listening to After Hours. Final segment here in the first hour here on After Hours as we recuperate after a Chiefs loss. It'll be okay, I promise. Everything's going to be all right. Everything will be fine. Wait till December. Don't panic. Um, just just hold serve. We uh, we always wrap up the first hour with the best of the or the best of the rest and the rest of the West here on After Hours and Six Inch Sports Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, tomorrow, it, it's a crazy week. Give you a little bit of a schedule. Uh, tomorrow I'll be on with uh, Drew. It'll be him and I doing the 10 to 2 show. Those two goofballs, Alex and Cody, will be out. I'll be in from 10 to 2. Um, obviously, no shows Thursday, no shows Friday. Then we'll be back on Sunday for Fantasy Football Sundays, brought to you by Twin Peaks, Each Drink Scenic Views. And then we'll do a couple hours of after hours as we get you ready for the Raiders. Um, Raiders. Yeah. Love um, doing that. Speaking of the Raiders and the AFC West, you still have a two game lead. Uh, tiebreaker over the Chargers, who are four and six and trash. I'm surprised, dude. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm surprised Brandon Staley still got a job. I kind of think they're going to ride this it is, out. Yeah, this is my conspiracy is that they're going to ride it out and trade for Belichick. Mm, okay, because a lot of ties have him going to Washington. Yeah, I think it's a possibility though. But yeah. I think that I think they're going to ride it out for the rest of the year, regardless, because. What does firing your coach do right now if you're the Chargers? It doesn't really do anything for you. At at the very least, maybe Staley gets you a better draft pick by coaching this team. Yeah. Because he just down showed the, a lot of he showed a lot of frustration he's, for the first time ever when he was like, I'm still gonna call the plays. Yeah, because stop he knows like, you know, he's yeah. on the hot seat. Like and, his, his yeah. seat's on fire right now. You talk about people pressing, Brandon Staley uh does not look like he's in a in a good place. He is not comfortable. Uh Denver's won four in a row, by the way. Two of those wins are against the Chiefs and the uh, Buffalo Bills, mm-hmm. also the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Denver's won four in a row there, five and five. Obviously, you have tiebreaker over them, and then it's common opponents in the AFC, which are your division, which you have. Uh, that is what you'll play uh, the Vegas Raiders this week. Vegas, five and six. Um, they looked decent against the Dolphins. Like I think that that was kind of, and this is my opinion on that, that was kind of like my opinion or my feeling of that was the high wearing off. Like, it was still decent. Tyree Kill still torched them. Tua wasn't fantastic. But that's still, like, I think that was, like, the end of the comet burning bright with uh, the Antonio Pierce and Josh McDaniel firing and hiring of, of the, the, you know, interim coach. And I think, you know, you beat the Giants, you beat the Jets. That's awesome. Congratulations. Right. But then you went and played Miami. You lost. Um, they were better than you. And they did lose their starting running back again. Uh, with the knee injury into uh, into a chain, uh, he obviously gets hurt or a chain. Um, 
however you want to say you get what right it is. right but i think with the raiders you know i think it's just a narrative thing too i think that they yeah you know they played the two new york teams who mm-hmm. are both one is an atrocious team and one has an atrocious offense mm-hmm. and they won both games you know but that's nothing that's nothing that i'm really looking at like oh man like they're playing with new fire you know mm-hmm. when they go up against a, a superior opponent right like miami yeah. or kansas city it's not gonna matter yeah, I think the other thing, too, when you look at the uh, the division, it's fine. You're going to win your division, which means you're going to have a home playoff game. Uh, so that's nice. You're not going to have to at least travel for one week. As of right now, you're the second seed. That's why I bring this up. And um, not only that, but, you know, you got to get in the playoffs. And, look, I think the Dolphins' story is great. I think Lamar's story is great. Uh, I think all that stuff is fun. But it's a different animal. We all know that. I don't need to get into it yet. You already know that once the playoffs start, anybody in their right mind would be like, if I can start a play, if if I have one guy to start my playoff game, I'm taking 15. So, you know, obviously when that gets more clear and we get into that again, we don't really start ramping up until December. The best of the rest, um, Miami leads the AFC East tiebreaker. So you're comfortable. That's mm-hmm. why it's important to win those games. That's why last night you lost. But it was to an NFC opponent, right? Right, and, and two of your three losses so far are in the NFC. Right. You're Probably only the lost two best teams in the NFC. Right, and, and that just makes you feel better at night. But it also means that you only have one loss to an AFC team because once we start going down the line of, like, mm-hmm. common AFC opponents and everything like that, that stuff matters. Right. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo Bills, right? We know their schedule is a gauntlet moving forward. They have... The Eagles this week in Philadelphia, really a, a rested unit. They're going to get back to doing their thing. So they go to Philadelphia. Then they have a bye week. Then they go to Kansas City. They're at home against the Cowboys. And then they have a road game uh, in L.A., which doesn't really do anything for you. But then they finish the season at Miami. So Buffalo, a lot of work to be done. They've been terrible on the road, too. One and three yeah. on the road so far, five and two at home. Good team at home right. on the road. Not so much. And then the number one team in the AFC that you don't have uh, a matchup against this year, which is the Ravens, which you do the you you have to do the whole uh, analogy that we give you with the highway. They've passed you. They're they're ahead of you in the fast lane. Now you you have to ride their coattails and, and really get into and to get into their bumper and kind of let them know that you're still there. But they the, also haven't had a bye. Right. So the the Ravens will play at LA this week on Sunday Night Football. Uh, Chargers. That is. They have a bye week after that, and then. It's a little spicy for the Ravens. Their schedule elevates a little bit here. Home against the Rams, like whatever you want to say. Um, But then at Jacksonville, at San Francisco, home against the Dolphins, and then home against the Steelers. So no easy ride for them. Uh, The AFC South, it's a two-team race. It's the Jags and the Houston Texans. You don't play Houston, but you've already played Jacksonville. Tiebreaker. So, again, I'm here to give you some sort of relief. I'm here to let you know that – yeah, it was a tough loss. Uh, it, it was avoidable, I think. But when you look at the AFC, you've just got to keep winning. Um, the rest of your schedule, we know, is Raiders, New e- or Raiders, Green Bay, New England, and then Buffalo, Raiders again, Chargers, and then it's over. Right, right Bengals, then, Bengals and, which and, yeah, we, totally different game. Why no, we didn't I mean, bring them up? You know, they're, but... they're done. They're they're getting out of the season. They're so, they just want to walk away from the season right. and start next year. I think the important thing that you brought up too about the Ravens' schedule moving forward, because you don't play them, so you don't get that head-to-head tiebreaker over them, is that you've got 
three of their six remaining games mm-hmm. are against common opponents that the Chiefs already beat. Correct. So if the Chargers, if the Jags, if the Dolphins can beat the Ravens, that's huge when it comes to playoff implications, who's going to get that one seed, who gets the first round by, who gets home field, all that. Right. And I, I just think that when you when you put everything together in perspective of what the season is, there's still many weeks left. You still have very winnable games. And like you have New England, you have Green Bay, you have uh, the Chargers, I think, that you can beat, obviously, in the last week of the season. Cincinnati, they're not a force to be reckoned with anymore. Buffalo will be interesting. They look like they showed a spark with the new offense. They finally were like, oh, maybe if we get Dalton Kincaid involved more often, this offense can go further. Yeah. Um, But again, that's the rest of the AFC. That's the rest of the West. You're going to win your division. You're going to be a top four seed in the playoffs. You're going to get at least one home playoff game. And then everybody else still has to do their job. And if there's one team that is more experienced than the others in the AFC when it comes to the playoffs, it's Kansas City Chiefs. So, yes, last night was a bad loss. It was an avoidable loss. Should have been a win? Probably. Were there ugly mistakes? Yes. But, again, let's get to December. Let's get to the middle of December, second week of December. Let's get three more weeks under our belt, get all the bye weeks out of the way, and then we'll see. Because guess what? Baltimore lost a big weapon. Cincinnati lost a big weapon. Buffalo, they're struggling. They got to they march up a big hill. Tiebreaker over Miami, tiebreaker over Jacksonville. Let's have another discussion about where we're really at when it comes to doom and gloom when we get a little bit later uh, in this NFL schedule. But that is the best of the rest and the rest of the West here on After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Coming up on the other side. I want to have this take because there's only been one team that's beaten the Kansas City Chiefs this year. In my opinion, I'll tell you who that is on the other side. Listen to 610 Sports Radio, and this is After Hours.